But we are going to look at this wonderful book, uh, the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 23. A short chapter, but it is packed with a lot of information. The three things that we are going to be looking at today is one, which is God's will. It is a challenging thing in the life of a Christian to know what is God's will in our life. There are many a times in our Christian lives when we have come through a crossroads in life, and we looked at the road before us and we see and we don't know which path to choose. And sometimes we struggle with these decisions. Here, in the book of 1 Samuel 23, we find David seeking God's permission, seeking God's will. And we are going to pivot on that and see what we can learn from 1 Samuel chapter 23. The very first now, the first things we have to understand here is David was told that the Philistines were attacking this place in Judah, very close to Judah, called Keilah. So we see David being told that the Philistines are attacking this place called Keilah. And the very next verse, the second verse itself in this chapter, the first thing David does to get counsel is he goes to the Lord and he asks the Lord, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? And the Bible says, but when David's men said to him, here in Judah we are afraid, how much more then if we go to Keilah against the Philistine forces? So the circumstances, David has heard about the Philistine army attacking a town very close to Judah. He's gone to God and asked God for counsel. God has given him a very clear direction saying, go and attack the Philistines. He comes back and then he hears his men talking to him and saying, Hey David, you are running from Saul for your life and here you want to go and attack the Philistines and put yourself open under the hand of Saul. What is this decision you have made? And David does something which is very interesting next. He goes once again to God and that is what we see in verse 4. And once again he asks the Lord and he says, Lord, should I go down and should I attack the Philistines? This time, God only doesn't give him an answer, but he also gives him an assurance. If I read that verse, the Bible says, The Lord said, Go to Keilah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. The first time when he asked the question, the Lord said, Yes, go. The second time when David asked the question, the Lord says, Go, I will give the Philistines into your hand. So we are going to pause here slightly and try and gather ground and understand what is going on here. Very simple. Two questions. God is giving an answer. The very first thing is David is fleeing for his life. As we come into chapter 23, the past few weeks we have been seeing that David is running from his, for his life from Saul. Here, David is in a circumstance where his very being, his very essence of life is under threat. And someone is telling him about some problem happening to somebody else in another town. Now David could have very easily said, oh, my problem, why should I worry about it? I myself am looking after my own life and I am wondering what the Lord is going to do for me. But that is not what David's response is. The first thing we see here is David goes and he asks the Lord, Lord, should I go and should I attack the Philistines? Second, when David could have said, yeah, Philistines are attacking. I am a great warrior. I have slain Goliath. I know what I am doing. And he could have straight away went into the battlefield and he could attack the Philistines. My point is this. David doesn't do either of this. He doesn't back off and say it is not my problem. That is as he ignore God and the counsel of God and says I am going to go and attack the Philistines. 
David, if he had made those two choices, perhaps in hindsight, we know that would have been foolish. But what David does was, in both of these instances, he goes and he asks the Lord what it is I should do. But before he goes the second time to ask the Lord, the Bible very clearly says, when people around him discouraged him, he took what people were saying too. He did not discourage them. He took on board what these men were saying too, and he goes a second time to God, and he asks the Lord for counsel. And the second time the Lord says, yes, go and attack the Philistines, and I will give them into your hands. Now once we look at these words, and we look at this, we see that David very wisely, when placed with a choice and when placed with a circumstance, he first goes to the Lord. When somebody is telling him something, he goes to the Lord. When somebody is complaining against his decision, David chooses to go to the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5, there is something very interesting that the Bible says. So David and his men went to Kelia, fought the Philistines and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people from Kelia. Now what happens is, God has given a direction to David. David obeys it. Perhaps after the second time, his men might have said, you're making a foolish decision. But as soon as God gave David a direction, as soon as God told David what to do, there were no further questions asked. They go and they do what the Lord had encouraged them to do. And the outcome is captured in, the, in, in, in verse 5. where The Bible says, the small band of 400 men overcame the Philistines. What is the point I am making? When faced with a very difficult circumstance, and if you put yourself in the shoes of David, he faced two big challenges. One, he's running for his life, and two, his people are under trouble asking God, God, should I go and do something about it? In both these instances, God asks David to do the extraordinary, and because the Lord told David to do, he goes and he does according to God's counsel, and the Bible says God gave David a great victory. I want to pause here and I want to crystallize on one point. The first point I want to crystallize on is one, David wanted to know what God's will was. When God's will was known to David, the very next thing David did is no more questions were asked. He went forward and did what God asked him to do. One of the perspectives that you can really take is sometimes in our prayers, God gives us a direction. That direction is not something we like. Many times we want to hear from God what we want to hear from God. We have made up our mind of what the outcome should be. We have determined what it is we want from these circumstances. And we go to God and we ask God to give according to what we have made up our minds for. Sometimes the answers that we get back from God is not an answer that we were expecting. The point I'm really making is when in your Christian life you're on such a threshold when you had expected something from God but God did not give you an answer that you expected him to give you and he gives you another direction, what do you do about it? Do you ignore it because it is not favorable, it is not the outcome you wanted? Despite you praying and despite you asking God and God taking the effort and making sure he has given you an answer, when you ignore the Lord, that is not an ordinary thing to do. My brothers and sisters in Christ, in our Christian lives, when we go to the Father and we ask him for anything, we should be prepared that whatever the answer that God gives us, we should take the answer and say, Lord, what you desire is my will. You know more than I know, Lord. You see the big picture, Lord. I asked for this. 
This is not what I am getting, Lord, but you know what you are telling me to do. And because you say, I will do it, Lord. And that is very important in our life. Whatever we ask the Lord and whatever his direction to us is, we must obey God faithfully. The immediate circumstances may not pan out as you intend them to pan out to be. It may not be something that is favorable to you. But when God has determined something for you, the big picture always turns out to be a blessed one. Hallelujah. The point I am making to you is this, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It is not okay to only seek God's will, but then end up ignoring God's will. It is always good to seek God's will and obediently follow God's instruction and wisdom that he has given you. Never compromise. Whatever it is, tell him, it is okay, daddy. You have said so. Because you have said so, I have faith in you, Lord, and I will do according to what you asked me to do. And that is what David does here. He goes against all odds. A man running from, for his own life goes to save his people. When you look at the big picture, what was God doing here? God was raising David in stature amongst his own people. God was preparing David. If you look at it and ask, when the Philistine army, the Philistine forces were attacking the threshing floor in Kelia, whose responsibility was it to preserve the people? Was it David's responsibility? If you're speaking technically, it was Saul's responsibility. Saul should have been the one who should take his forces and rescue the people. But Saul was nowhere on the scene. People come and tell David, the Philistines are attacking the people. Do you want to go and rescue them? And David has a burden in his heart, says, these are my people and I will go. But he did not say, I am the man who slew Goliath. I carry with me this great magnificent strength. But he goes to the Lord and he asks the Lord, Lord, what must I do? And God says, go. I know you're running for your life. Put yourself in the midst of Judah. If you remember from last week, David in chapter 23 is actually hiding in a fortress. He's not even in Israel. He's in Moab. He's hiding there. The prophet Gad comes to David and says, don't be in this fortress, go on to Judah. And this chapter begins when David is in Judah, very close to Judah. That is when God places the circumstance before him. What was God doing there? God was preparing David in the eyes of his people. Imagine a rescuer coming and rescuing these people who spent the whole season looking after this crop. And at the point where they were going to harvest and use the crop, the Philistine army was going to sweep and take it all away. And David was their savior. In the eyes of those people, David would have been elevated, wouldn't have not been. That is what God was doing. David might not have known that. We don't know whether he knew that or not. But he obediently followed God. In our Christian lives, in, in our day-to-day -day life, this is what it is. Ask God for counsel. Never fail to ask God for counsel. Whatever the circumstances in your life is, always go to God and ask God for counsel. Tell him, Lord, in this circumstance, what must I do? What is your will here, God? God will find one way or the other to give you an answer to that. When you get that answer, be sure to say, Lord, you said, and therefore I will do. Loving children of God, God's will something we must always seek. We must always apply whatever God tells us to do. But here comes an interesting question that perhaps many of you are asking, saying, yes, pastor, I ask the Lord what to do, but I don't really hear him giving me an answer. Would he appear before me and give me an answer? Uh, would he use his words in the Bible to give me an answer? Would he inspire, put an inspirational thought in my mind and give me an answer? And the 
We all struggle with this. We ask God, but we do not know how to hear back from God. That's true, isn't it, for many of us? We don't know how to hear an answer from God. What we are going to do next is we are going to see how David got his answer from God, and we are going to use a very special verse in there and see how that verse applies to us. Verse 6, let, let me read it. Now Abithar, the son of Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he had fled to David in Kedia. Where is he fleeing from? He's fleeing from the murderous tumult of Saul. Now let's look at what we can learn from this. In 1 Samuel 23, 9, let me go to uh, verse 9. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, so this is halfway through chapter 23. In verse 9, the Bible gives us another detail. He says, when David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abitha the priest, bring me the effort. So here, in the very same chapter, when David now hears once again that Saul is pursuing him, because previously he heard about the Philistines and he asked the Lord what to do, this time in this chapter, the Bible says, Saul knows you are here now and Saul is pursuing you. He asks the priest, the high priest, that is Abitar, that we saw here, he says, bring me the effort. And here in verse 11, it's a beautiful verse, David asks the Lord a few questions. He asks the Lord in verse 11, he says, Will the citizens of Kelia surrender to me, to Saul? He asks the Lord, Lord, if I remain in Kelia, the people who I've delivered, I know Saul is coming, chasing after me. If I remain here, will these people hand me over to Saul? He asks another question in the same verse. He says, Will Saul come down as your servant has heard, Tell your servant. Here is David. He's asked for the effort to be brought to him. And he's asking the Lord a few questions. And very beautifully, in the very same verse in 11, the Bible says, the Lord said, yes, he will. Will the citizens of Kelia surrender me and my people to Saul? And the Lord says, yes, they will. What is going on in here? David is asking the high priest to bring this effort to him. And David is using that to ask a few questions. For those of you who know your theology, and if you know the ephod, there are two things the Bible talks about. It can be an ordinary garment, but here the one referred to is a part of the garment that the high priest bears upon himself. Uh, there's a very beautiful description of what that garment includes, but apparently that garment also included two onyx stones, and each of those stones had the name of the tribes of Israel written on it. The Bible says that in many instances they used that Urim and Thummim, which is part of the effort, to ask God for guidance. The Bible doesn't tell us how they asked for the guidance. There are many theories behind it as the stones used to glow or the stones were black and white in color. We don't know those details, but the point is effort was used to ask God for counsel. But you all may be wondering, I don't have an effort. I don't have the Urim and Thummim. Exodus 28.30 Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus 28.30. And I'm going to read it very slowly because in here is a gem of a, an advice or a gem of words that we can take and use. Exodus 28.30. Also put the Urim and Thummim, the one I just described, in the breast piece, which is part of the ephod that the high priest was wearing, so that they may be over Aaron's heart. What comes next is a very important point. It says, also put the Urim and Thummim in the breast, please, so that they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus, Aaron will always bear the means of making decision for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. What is the Bible saying? 
The Bible is saying the Urim and Thummim were to be part of the breastplate and it was to be part of the, the, the garment that the high priest was wearing. It was over the high priest's heart and the Lord says, Thus Aaron will bear the means of making a decision for the Israelites over his heart. The Lord is saying, the two onyx stones, the Urim and the Thummim, he wanted it to be over the heart of Aaron and those two stones were the stones they used to make those decisions. Fast forwarding back to the book of Samuel 123, very clearly David has asked for the ephod, the priest has brought it to him, David is asking him questions and the Lord is giving him answers. How does this relate to you and I? If we turn our Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 4, 6, the book of Galatians chapter 4 and 6, a beautiful verse and many of you know this verse already, Galatians 4, 6, because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into our hearts crying above father. Let me read that again. Where does God send the Holy Spirit? The Bible is saying God has sent the Holy Spirit because we are sons of God into our heart. What is the point I am making with you here? I'm picking up that word heart that we saw in the book of Exodus where Aaron was wearing the umin and thuvin over his heart so that he will realize and know that the point of decisions are always on his heart and here in the New Testament the Bible talks about God giving us the Holy Spirit who will indwell our hearts. Here the Lord is saying when the Lord promised the Holy Spirit in the book of Matthew the Lord says, I will send you a counselor. He will hear what is from God and he will make it known to you. So what is the point I am making, my brothers and sisters? Just like in the Old Testament, just like Aaron carried the omen and thummim, which were the two stones that God intended to use to speak to the high priest, to give answers to his people, for us today, we have the Holy Spirit that we carry in our heart and it is the Holy Spirit that gives us the answers to the question that we ask the Lord. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters in Christ, God sees the big picture. When you're faced with choices and when you feel overwhelmed, go to the presence of God. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me through your spirit, Lord. I'm, I want to hear your voice, Lord. I'm waiting here. I'm wanting to hear and listen to what you want me to do. And every decision you make there will be a blessed decision. There are decisions in life that we can make that could turn to be awful. There are very small decisions we make, like what we want to have for dinner or what should we do, buy a birthday gift for a friend. But then there are very important decisions in our life. Lord, should I stay in the UK? Lord, should I marry this person? Lord, is this the right job? Should I leave my job and join this other place? Those decisions, depending on what choice you make, the very future and the course of your life could be altered. And if you don't make the right decisions, your life could pan out to be what you did not expect it to be. In those moments of decision making, it is always essential to go to God. And here the Bible tells us that just like he gave the Urim and Thummim in the Old Testament to the high priest, that they could use that to hear the instruction from the Lord, God has given us the Holy Spirit. What is the point I'm making, my brothers and sisters in Christ? When the counsel comes from God, when God directs you and God asks you to do stuff and you obediently do it, though it may be alarming and terrifying, the outcome is always good and blessed. That is how God takes you and that is how God uses you step by step and brings you to perfection when one fine day he would direct you as to how you should serve him in the ministry. God builds that trust in you and I. Hallelujah. How many of you want to hear God's voice for the questions that you have in your life? 
How many of you are saying, Lord, I have this question. I need your answer and counsel. The best advice I can give you is to go to the presence of God. Ask the Spirit of God to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, guide me. What must I do here? What is the decision I must take? And follow the decision and the guidance God gives you through the Spirit. That is my second point. The second point that I'm landing with you is today. When you're on a difficult choice, when you need to make very important decisions in your life, make sure God is not your plan B. Make sure God is your plan A. Don't move a finger without first asking him if what you're about to do is the right thing to do. And God will definitely find a way to give you that answer. Don't say, I don't hear an answer. God will definitely find a way to give you an answer. Hallelujah. So, so far, we are looking at the book of 1 Samuel 23, and we looked at the circumstances David faced, and we first learned that it is always good to go to God and ask God for his counsel. Second, I explained to you, based on what I understood from these verses, how it is we should receive the counsel from God. In the book of Samuel, the Bible is very clear how David got that counsel from God through the high priest. And using the verse from Exodus, we saw the intersection of the same verse of what the Holy Spirit does across our heart. When the Holy Spirit is in our heart, and when he is part of all the decisions we make, we hear what God has to tell us. We take God's guidance and we live our lives according to how he directs us. Hallelujah. Finally, before I complete, I want to talk to you about God's provision. Let's turn our attention very briefly to the book of Psalms 54. The book of Psalm 54. Thank you, Jesus. Before we dive into the very first verse in Psalm 54, we're going to read that bit of squiggly text uh, about Psalm 54. From the director of music with stringed instruments, a masculine of David, when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, is not David hiding amongst us? So this Psalm 54 is talking about the instance that is, well, I'm going to take you into in 1 Samuel 23. In 1 Samuel 23, when David hears that Saul is pursuing him, when he uses the Urim and Thummim and asks God, should I stay in this place? And God says, no, go somewhere else. The Bible says, he escaped from Kelia and he went to the desert of Zip. Now, when he goes to the desert of Zip, he's still running from Saul. He goes and rescues the people of Kelia. Saul hears about it. He's coming to attack David. David uses the Urim and Thummim and says, Lord, what must I do? He says, don't stay here. What happens next in chapter 23? The people in Zip go to Saul and they tell him, hey, this David who you are pursuing, he's actually hiding in our neighborhood. Do you want to come and get him? It is at that instance when David learns that he's been betrayed by the people of Zip that, da that David writes Psalm 54. Now let's go to Psalm 54 and let's read what David is saying in Psalm 54. A masculine of David when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding amongst us? Now here is David pouring his heart out to the Lord when he hears the very people he was hiding amongst have betrayed him to Saul. He says, save me, O God, by your name, vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God, listen to the word of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me, ruthless men seek my life, men without regard for God. What does David do as soon as he hears this? He runs to God. He says, Lord, rescue me, Lord. I do not know what to do now, Lord. People are chasing after me, strangers, people I don't even know, Lord, are handing me over to Saul. And David is crying to the Lord. But 
If you go back to 1 Samuel 23, we see the outcome of that prayer. And that is what I want to pick up on. We go back to 1 Samuel 23. So here he knows and God, he prays to, to the Lord. And in 1 Samuel 23, we see what happens. Verse 24. So they set out and went to Zip. So this is Saul and his army. Ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the desert of Maon and Arabah south of Jeshimon. Verse 25, Saul and his men began the search and David was told about it. He went down to the rock and stayed in the desert of Maon. When Saul heard about this, he went into the desert of Maon in pursuit of David. He's continuing to chase him. Verse 29, Saul was going along one side of the mountain and David and his men were going on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David, his men to capture him, a messenger came to Saul saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. Then Saul broke off the pursuit from David and went to meet the Philistines. So this is the point I want to land on. Here Saul is pursuing him. The Bible is very clearly saying he is hot on his heels. The Bible says there's only a small mountain that was separating these two men. The Bible says on one side of the mountain, David was progressing and on the other side, Saul was progressing. Saul was just a hand distance away from getting David. But what has David done? When he heard about this, he's gone to the Lord and he prayed the prayer we saw in Psalm 54. And what does the Lord do? The Lord acts on behalf of David. The Bible says Saul hears this news about the Philistines. He's so close to David. He could have probably very easily captured him if he had continued pursuing. The Bible says he gives up pursuing David and he goes to fight the Philistines. What is my point that I'm making? When you go and seek the will of God, when God directs you, when you take your burdens to God and you cry out to him, God finds a way to give you his provisions, to rescue you from your circumstances. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Am I, am, you see the point I'm really making it here? When you add up the book of Psalm 54 and you look at what is going on in 1 Samuel 23, you can actually get some insights into what the thought process of David was as he was going through this very difficult circumstance. Clearly, he was seeking God for help. And did God fail him? Did God rescue him from the hand of Saul? He definitely did. And did God rescue him from the hand of Saul through his mighty provision, through his own way? That is how God rescues Saul, David from the hand of Saul. So let me summarize and I'm going to finish. We looked at the book of 1 Samuel 23 today. And we learned three things today. The first thing we learned was seeking God's counsel in every decision we make. The second thing we learned about is when we seek God's counsel, it is to make sure you follow God's counsel. Don't seek him and then go off and do what you want to do. And when seeking God's counsel, we learned the way we get an answer from God is through his Holy Spirit. And finally, we saw that when we cry out to God, when we take our burdens and troubles to him, when we seek his help, he's always there to rescue us in ways that even we will not be able to explain. Hallelujah.